Everyone, welcome to Locked On Lakers for Tuesday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Monday, Darvin Ham had his introductory press conference, and I think he won the crowd over talking about accountability and discipline and sacrifice. But did he lose the crowd when he talked about Russell Westbrook? That's next. You are Locked On Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday. Sometimes on weekends, we get this thing up bright and early for you. So, no matter how you get your podcast, where you get your podcasts, there's always fresh content for you. Never behind a paywall make a locked on podcast or second listen of every day if you can uh, but really make us first that's really the most important part of this messaging um we're going to talk about russell westbrook we're going to get into anthony davis i think um but you know darvin ham andy introduced to uh lakers media introduced lakers fans i think in in for the first time in a meaningful way i it's hard to say he didn't make a good impression he made a terrific impression. I mean, we we were both there and, you know, just picking up on the, you know, the vibe in the actual press conference, but then talking with different people afterwards, it was really unanimous that while obviously a strong first impression does not solve all of the issues that the Lakers have moving forward, nor does it guarantee success moving forward. But I would highly encourage Laker fans to either check out, if, if you have access to Spectrum Sports and at the Lakers uh, TV affiliate, because they're going to be replaying it uh, all day, every day, probably for the next few days. Or if you can find a link, go to the Lakers YouTube channel, whatever. You should check out this press conference because I am very confident that if nothing else, you are going to feel confident in the choice of Darvin Ham to be the new leader of this team. In yeah. that sense, I think he laid down a terrific foundation. Yeah, and so like, you know, you go back and you we 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 opened Monday's show talking about the difference in context, just anticipating what this day was going to be compared to 3ish years ago when Frank Vogel was introduced. And um uh, it was exactly that. It was a it was an optimistic, you know, uh very calm very optimistic, very happy day um, where everybody you could tell just felt good about where this thing, lots more work to do, but where this thing is right now. And, you know, you you listen to Darvin Ham talk about the way he worked through, um, you know, being it was a reserve on his own high school team into, you know, barely uh, finding his way through junior college and then getting into as a transfer to, you know, and just this path that he took. And then as a coach in the G league and working and a GM way up. in the G league, which I was not aware of, but Rob, Palenka, know that pointed, yeah. Rob Palenka pointed that out. You know, when he described Darvin ham as an ideal fit, he noted that ham was a guy that earned his stripes beginning at the G league level as both a coach and a GM. And Didn't that's that. something we've talked a lot, Brian, about how, Darvin Ham has earned this moment. He's earned this opportunity. What he does with it remains to be seen. But just that theme of earning everything that he has has come up a lot during this press conference and also everything you ever hear about him. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, it's just so, so like the respect that you have for the discipline that it takes, for the self-confidence that it takes um, to to get places when nobody's handing you anything. All of that comes through. And, you know, it's easy to when, he, you know, we talked a lot about collaboration and communication, making sure, you know, about teaching, about demonstrating um, that uh, everybody is demonstrating the values of the team. Everybody is demonstrating the the priorities of the team on a daily basis. And I'm not saying that uh, that everything Ham says was groundbreaking or something that you haven't heard from other coaches. And you know, it, it wasn't. You heard Frank Vogel talk about some of these things. But the 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 confidence and the um the the context of them and his own personal history it is not hard to understand then why guys like Mike Budenholzer kept him around for nine years through Atlanta and then into Milwaukee and why uh LeBron James was so publicly supportive of the hire he is a tremendously impressive guy and if it doesn't work I don't think it's it's certainly not going to be because he doesn't have a plan or because he doesn't have discipline or because he he doesn't ha have the ability to communicate effectively both to management and to his players. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, first of all, when he talked about the experience with Mike Budenholzer because he's been on a staff with him in Atlanta and then Milwaukee, he briefly choked up just talking about how much Budenholzer has meant to him professionally and personally and for his own growth. And that came up a few times, just how mm -hmm. much that experience moved him. And I think even with this opportunity, it was a little bit bittersweet to leave that environment. But when you mentioned, Brian, how Ham wasn't saying anything that you haven't heard Frank Vogel saying. I'm just saying, there's certain things, but like certain, just overall, it right. wasn't. Well, yeah. Right. But, th but this is the point I'm getting at. Not only did he say a lot of things that you've heard Frank Vogel say, he said a lot of things you hear a lot of coaches say. Right. Like he actually, but the difference, I don't want to say between him and Frank Vogel, but I would say the difference between Ham and certain coaches that we've been around is if nothing else, Ham is really good at delivering the coach cliches in ways that feel very organic and sincere and, and, and in ways that I think will resonate beyond just either rah-rah or you're repeating the catchphrase. Well, because they're I think it's because they're earned. And, you sure. Know, and I mean look, it, Frank Vogel for that matter. That's a guy who earned his way through a lot of this. I, absolutely. I think I think I think I do think he began uh, as a man if, brushing his teeth on David Letterman <laughs> and look can, where he is now. If you can um you know if you can play in the league if you if you can do all these things if you can have the communication skills, if you can have the, you know, the, the X's and O's acumen, the understanding of analytics, the, the, the flexibility to use data, all that stuff. And you have played in the league. I think it always is going to give you a certain currency with players. Um, guys who haven't played in the league, I think do earn respect in a different way, precisely because not playing in the league is a handicap for getting these types of jobs. But I will say you know, with the, I think the reason you heard him talk, uh, kind of choke up talking about Bud, talking about, um, you know, Mike Brown, who gave him an opportunity to join a staff in L.A. for the first time uh, and all those things is because when you are Darvin Ham, nothing is given to you and you you do need people along the way to 
believe in you, to take a chance on you, to to see something in you. And it was funny, like he talked about the stars at the beginning of it, and he talked a lot about Russell Westbrook, who was in uh, in El Segundo for the press conference today, um, and and became a big storyline um, of it. But like you know, the the first players that he really talked about were non stars. As he said, the Stanley Johnsons and the Who Austin was also Reeves there. is also there. Yes, Stanley Stanley was there, and and pointing out how how his job as a coach is uh, to make those guys better, uh, and that you make your team better. Your stars are your stars, he said. But you know where you really improve is by taking the the guys in the middle, the the young players and whatever, and elevating them um, into a context where they can really thrive. Um, it's not surprising given his own background to see that he has a special place in his heart for teaching those types of players on a roster. Yeah. I mean, he just, we're going to get into a lot of different details in terms of what he said and the overall vibe, but as far as being a, a, a non-star guy throughout his entire time in professional basketball, you know, the Lakers have often been a team that looks to win, you know, win the press conference, win the news cycle through star power. And I, and when you and I were talking after the presser, I thought you said something really smart about how this was this was a day where the Lakers, I think, actually won the press conference with Darvin Ham, but they won it on substance, like the, the, as opposed to Darvin Ham being a non-star name. You know, this is something that, for example, you know. Bill Plaschke from the LA Times, who you know both of us really like and respect a lot, but he had been harping a lot on Darvin Ham not having that type of cachet that I think somebody like him is used to mm-hmm. the Lakers leveraging and defining themselves as and sort of winning the cycle that way. And a guy like Doc Rivers would have won the press conference as traditionally defined as or traditionally Bill. <laughs> well, for but for people that I think define it that way, mm-hmm. like in terms of generating the most buzz. But that is, again, respectfully to Bill, a very shallow way of defining it. Darvin Ham, I think, and I think everybody there thought, won the press conference, if you even want to think about it on, along those lines, just because of who he was, and yeah, that's I, really I, the best they, way they to won win. on they won they went on content. They really win on all three because you know I, 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 there are pockets of resistance for people who I, I, I think should know better, um, but maybe don't or just aren't willing to look at the Lakers' job in a certain way. Uh, but overall, the the media response to hiring Ham was very strong. So they won in that sense. They went out and they did what I think most people thought they should do, inside and outside the league, which was hire that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did. They didn't get hung up on their own stuff. They won on acceptance because first thing that happens, LeBron James out there, let's go Darvin Ham. Love it. Let's move forward. Great hire. So you win there and then you win on content when you actually mm-hmm. introduce the guy. So it was a it was a sustained sort of three-pronged win. It wasn't like there was a Ham wasn't meeting a skeptical media that had to be won over. But he impressed everyone anyway, which I think is great. Um, and one of the guys that I think uh, felt good coming out of the day was Westbrook. And uh, whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing is probably a referendum on what you think about the Lakers going into this season. We'll talk about it next.
Locked on Lakers brought to you by Prize Picks. Okay, Laker fans, you guys have been hearing me talk about Prize Picks since we began hosting this show. And if you have not signed up yet, you are missing out because this is daily fantasy. It is made easy. You are going to love this app for the NBA, but also for mixed sport pickums. For a limited time, that we got a no-brainer offer for all our users. You get 50 bucks for free to play with if a player in your first prize picks entry scores a single point. One point. That's easy. You can figure that out on your own, but you got to use the code NBA. It's an exclusive offer available only to locked on fans who use that code NBA. Prize picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize picks offers more DF- NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. They offer superstars, but also bench players, and they got mixed sport entries. You could take like the over on Steph Curry three pointers made with the under on Mookie Betts home runs in the same entry. You can use the award-winning app on the App Store or Google Play. Entries are 60 seconds or less. It's really easy, safe, fast withdrawal. So again, go to prizepicks.com today. Use the promo code NBA or go to the App Store, download the app. If you're not playing prize picks, you honestly don't know what you're missing. A uh, quick favor before we jump into this uh, Darvin Ham and Russell Westbrook stuff. Go to uh, lockonpodcast.com slash survey right now uh, to help us better understand what you want from Lock On Podcasts like this one, Lock On Lakers. Uh, anybody who takes the uh, just a few minutes to complete this survey, you got a chance to win one of $10, Ticketmaster gift cards. Again, audience survey, lockedonpodcast.com slash survey, and uh, we thank you for your help. Uh, really so, quick, Brian, before we get to Russ, um, sure. Darvin Ham confirmed my once you get shot in the face, nothing rattles you moving forward theory that we talked about on Monday's podcast. He was asked about the pressure of being a first-time head coach, much less first-time being a head coach with the Lakers. And he said, quote, I grew up in Saginaw, Michigan. I was shot in the face by accident April 5th, 1988. You go through something like that, it's going to do one of two things, make you fearful or fearless. It made me fearless. I don't feel no pressure. It's basketball. Yeah. So again, he, kids, if you're lo- if you are looking to find a way to be fearless for the rest of your life, get shot in the face. That is terrible advice. <laughs> well, I, I it'll is, work. <laughs> Assuming you survive, that is it will work. Quite possibly the most irresponsible uh, piece of advice that you've ever given. I'll, th- I'll uh, think of ever, that. ever. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm just you know. Now that I think I'm glad it, it turned out well for Darvin. <laughs> now that you hear this voiced out loud, yeah, yeah, maybe there are a few holes in my theory. A few in my advice. My theory was correct. It's the advice. It's the advice. Okay. He described this as a, a challenge. Um, you know, serving in your military overseas, getting shot in the face. Those that's pressure. Like those, like that, yeah. this is so he said this is gonna be fun. I um a lot of fans want, were very interested to hear what he had to say about uh, Westbrook. And there were many questions, both to Rob Blinka and, and many more to, to Darvin Ham about Westbrook and how he planned on using him and all this other stuff. And first and foremost, uh, the, the context for all of this, Darvin Ham spoke glowingly about Westbrook, called him one of the greatest players who ever played this game, a uh, person with a lot to offer the game still. Um, and all of those things and secondary to that spoke about him like he is a member of the Lakers and is going to be a member of the Lakers. Um, it's not surprising. He's going to pick up that option until they trade him. He's on the team and ham should talk about him like that. But um, it, 
I don't think Darvin was faking it in terms of his enthusiasm at the idea of working with Russell Westbrook this year. Yeah, we we got a hit up on Twitter at Cam Brothers from our friend Marcel Lakers at NL underscore Lakers, our friend from the Netherlands. And he was talking about Darvin Ham and he said, Darvin Ham was fantastic, has me feeling great. Also, is the Russ praise legit or just a way to raise his value for a trade? Look, the praise was probably somewhere between legit and the thing that you need to say moving forward, particularly with Russell Westbrook. He's standing he's in the right room. there. I mean, he's right. right there. Right. He's over there. But I can promise you, it was not meant to try to raise his value around the league or, you know, trick another team into thinking they can get some different version of Russell Westbrook. Darvin Russell Westbrook. Him. We should throw a pick in to try to get him. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> Russell Westbrook is an established commodity by now. You either think it's going to work or you don't. But he's not somebody that you're going to trick another team into thinking that he's somebody that he isn't. So it was, again, somewhere between sincere and just the company line you need to say. Well, but I, also, I don't I just think as a coach. No, right. As a coach, like you, you are excited at the challenge of working with whoever's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And, you know. If truth serum inject him with it, like if hey, if I could do this trade or this trade, whatever, would I from a basketball standpoint would be better off with with X, Y, or Z instead of Russell Westbrook? Okay, he was probably going to tell you something different. But I I think part of what makes these guys who they are is this belief that here is my challenge, here is my here's the the context of the job that I'm doing, and uh, here is how I think we can get it done. And he says he's talked to Russ, he's talked to Rob about Russ, he's talked to the basketball. And I will say this, one of the most interesting parts of this was he was asked, like, what's your plan? Do you have an idea? And he wasn't specific in terms of here's how we're going to do it. Here's going to, but he, you know, one of the, the things that came up was, have you considered bringing him off the bench? Didn't answer that question directly either. But what he did talk about in the context of that answer was sacrifice. He said, Russ is going to have to make sacrifices. Everybody's going to have to make sacrifices. And, um, it was interesting to me that the answer to the question of have you talked to Russ or thought about Russ coming off the bench wasn't yes, but it wasn't no. Nope. Um, and I, I think that all of this plays into my hope that if Westbrook is on the team again, everybody can kind of pretend that the brand new fresh start changes everything. And it gives Russ an opportunity to try to reset. It gives the Lakers an opportunity to try to reset. LeBron and AD an opportunity to reset their expectations around Russell Westbrook and all of these things because everybody does have an interest in making this thing work. And self-delusion is a big part of professional athletics. It really is. Well, I mean... I'm not saying it'll work. I'm just saying it's an opportunity to try to make something that most people think can't work into something that can. I think it's going to matter a lot if Russ and Darvin Ham get off on the right foot. You know, it was encouraging that Ham said they've had a lot of conversations. Uh, as I've advised Darvin before, if Russ has sent you a gift as a way of congratulating you on this job, for the love of all that is holy, <laughs> correspond in a very sincere way. Handwritten, yeah, handwritten note. Handwritten, I, I would say handwritten calligraphy in your own blood. Like n- nothing is too strong. 
But I think that's going to matter because Russ very clearly felt like his outreaches to Frank Vogel went unreciprocated. And who's right and who's wrong in this doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, you're right. It it was disastrous for them. And the you know the irony of it was that Vogel actually went out of his way, despite you know benching Russ a couple times in fourth quarters, whatever, to be a very vocal proponent for Russell Westbrook. Well, I think like, it's pretty clear the reason that that Russ never came off the bench was Frank Vogel. Right. And so as as much as Russ clearly did not like Vogel as a coach and seemingly by the end as a person, you know, which you know, Frank Vogel, his enemies list is so long anyway. It's it's what a what a remarkably unlikable man that Frank <laughs> yeah. Vogel is. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, he's a guy that just believes in burning bridges everywhere, that Frank Vogel. Mm-hmm. But like it doesn't matter whose fault it was. What matters is finding a way to not repeat itself. I I feel I feel like Darvin Ham is somebody who, from a personality and kind of gravitas standpoint, might have an easier time making inroads with Russ than Vogel. Maybe not. Who knows? Could be presumptive. Could be the first ask that he has of Russ that Russ doesn't like. Russ reacts the way he typically does to stuff he doesn't like, which is not do it. It could start. It could start great in training camp, and yeah, you know, deteriorate in week two of the season. I and ultimately, I think Andy, everybody is going to still try to trade the guy, but you know, it's it is it shouldn't have surprised anybody to hear Ham talk about Russ in really you know kind of glowing terms he said you know what are your expectations i expect him to be the same tenacious high energy player he's always been and but 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 he made no promises to westbrook who again was right over there but what he did do that i that i thought was also very good for that relationship between him and russ and he delivered this in a way that felt very sincere and i think that it was sincere was talking about how there are a lot of people down on russell westbrook and that this is still one of the best players to ever play in this league, mm-hmm. and that he doesn't quite get why everybody has such lowered expectations and perceptions of Westbrook. And you you can easily debate Darvin Ham on these reasons, but it doesn't matter. You know what matters is what Ham thinks of him and what Westbrook thinks of Ham, and ultimately how much if there are positive feelings translate into, okay, I will do these asks even though I don't like them. And unlike the stuff that Russ, I think, in his mind was doing for Vogel, if nothing else, he was not doing it with his arms wrapped around it. He needs to wrap his arms around it. And if he will do that for Darvin Ham, that will go a long way even if the fit still isn't perfect. Uh, Who is the uh, the key to making all of this work? Uh, Hint, it's not... Russell Westbrook. So who is it? Darvin Ham said so, and we'll tell you next. Lockdown Lakers brought to you by Bilt Bar. Okay, I did not think that the folks over at Bilt Bar could top themselves with the latest granola bar uh, addition that they had going on, but they've started exploring chewy chocolatey brownies, which everybody loves. And then they said, you know what? Let's take a caramel brownie with some caramel swirled on top. And then they just said, you know what? We're going to have that chewy chocolatey, caramelly deliciousness, but with 17 grams of protein. They managed to pull it off. You can go to Built.com and get that caramel 
brownie bar, but you got to go quick because they're going to run out fast because fans are already loving them. And like always, the macros on these are unreal. Only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein, the collagen protein that your body absorbs more efficiently, gives you tons of health benefits. There are a million reasons to try Built Bars, but you know what? Caramel Brownie is one million and one. And just again, like always, you're going to love them. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15, 15% off at built.com. So when Darvin Ham was asked about Anthony Davis um, and how he, his impressions of him as a player, how he playing, you know, how, how his role, blah, 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 all this stuff, he said, I think he's the key. Um, he talked about Davis as the key to the team defensively and the standard that they want to set. He talked about what he's capable of when we when he's healthy. He went back and referred to the bubble and and bubble Davis that was just so dominant in those playoffs. Um, he is echoing something there, Andy, that you and I really made a point of going into last year that Anthony Davis needed to be a transcendent level player for the Lakers to be good, and that is. I don't care what else they put around the roster. They do a better job filling out, you know, four through 12 or whatever it is. If Anthony Davis is the 14th best player in the league, as opposed to the fourth best player in the league, the Lakers aren't going anywhere. He has to be that in that elite, elite level class for the Lakers to go somewhere. And I think it's, uh, great that Ham both recognizes that and is making a point of it on day one. Yeah, it was interesting, Brian. Darvin Ham said during this press conference that ever since he left the Lakers staff when he was uh, working for Mike Brown and then joined Mike Budenholzer's, he'd always done scouting, and the Lakers had consistently been his scouting assignment. Mm -hmm. So he's been really – people don't really know, every assistant on a, on a staff is given – a certain batch of teams that they're responsible for making the mm -hmm. scouting report for. And from the day he left the lake. So he's seen the Lakers consistently throughout the nine year. He's nine years. What a treat gone. by the way. Oh God. <laughs> Man, has he watched some terrible teams? <laughs> Poor fellow. But like it, that observation that AD is the key really reinforced the idea that he's been watching the Lakers especially closely because just LeBron is LeBron and he is still capable of doing really incredible things, particularly for a guy that's entering, I believe it's season 20 and he's going to be 38 during that season. But you are, sh you're seeing the signs of wear and tear and you're seeing the signs of relative decline and you're seeing what this does and the toll that it takes on LeBron's body and how it creates the lack of certainty that he's going to be on the court. And I can guarantee you that the Lakers' hope when they traded for AD was that we would be in a place by now where you could see that transference of LeBron being the guy that makes everything work in all sorts of ways to AD being that guy that ultimately it's all built around and LeBron is the one guiding it all. And we have not seen that shift yet. If, and if anything, we've seen more of a burden being placed on LeBron. And for the Lakers to hit that highest ceiling, whatever mm -hmm. you think it is, AD has to consistently 
have that reliability and that gear and just that level of play. I think just the, it, it, the, the consistency aspect of re, it, uh, is really what you know, consistently on the court. Yes. Uh, there's no, and he, and, and Ham talked about that too. Like, you know, we are going to support him in every way we can. Uh, and that doesn't just mean uh, on the court in terms of the style of play. It's also a matter of uh, training and, you know, we're going to try to keep these guys healthy. I mean, that I, there's just, he is the, I hate the term, but he is sort of the X factor in the sense that you, the, just the, the difference between sort of what he was last year and what his top end is gobbles up space between the Lakers and the other elite teams in ways that, you know, Austin Reeves, we talked about it on Monday's show. If he becomes a 34%, 35, 36% three point shooter, that makes him a very valuable player and a much different guy to utilize. That eats up a little bit of space. Westbrook bouncing back and being a more reliable player eats up space between the Lakers and, and other teams. Obviously, health eats up some space if they can stay, play more games. But like top five Anthony Davis, that just there's nothing else, there's nothing else out there that that's comparable. Um, and, and I, it, that is going to be the focus again, going this year. Can't expect more from LeBron. No, he can't do more than what he did last year. No, other it, than, other than play more games. Right. And, and hopefully have a little more energy to put on the defensive side more consistently. Yeah. But it's interesting. Darvin talked about during this press conference, how he plans on playing a, a four out one in system. And you know, what exactly that means is hard to predict right now because, we don't have uh right you gotta, fill out the rest of the, you gotta fill out the rest of the right other than, other, other they're than gonna need right but what's interesting about that though is whether you're picturing ad as the one in whether you're picturing lebron as the one in even if you're picturing russ as the one in in all three of those scenarios ad's importance is obvious to make it all work and it just it is great to see him identified as the one because LeBron is always going to get the most attention and Russ is the loudest presence in so mm -hmm. many different ways. AD is really the one that's the most important. I agree. Um, and all right, so there was, there was more to Darvin Ham's press conference. I'm sure there'll be a lot more reaction. Uh, other news going forward out of this um, and the sort of you can say like the offseason is really officially – uh, underway for the Lakers, and it is a critically important one. So much more to come about Darvin Ham and the Lakers and the direction that they're taking uh, on future episodes of Locked on Lakers. Locked on Lakers on YouTube is where you go to get all of your uh, Lakers podcasts in visual form. So thank you for subscribing there. I want to remind you to check out the Locked on NBA Big Board with Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Uh, he's also the author of the newsletter, uh, NBA Big Board Newsletter. He's joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Lee Thulin. Lou Thulin. Uh, and every, you get an in-depth look at the NBA draft, mock drafts, player rankings, and all that stuff. And the Lakers are going to try to jump in, by all reports, into the second round. Certainly will be active on the free agent market once that's done. So uh, these guys will give you the kind of insight, not just into the top prospects, but some of the dudes the Lakers might be able to access in the second round. So make sure you check that out. Uh, we will see everybody on Wednesday.